This is Pastor John Perling at Faith Evangelical Lutheran Church, inviting you to another episode of our conversation about the Book of Romans, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ as Paul describes it to Roman Christians, getting ready for his missionary trips beyond Rome so that he can have his message and their support all aligned together for the sake of the salvation of all kinds of folks that are going to be hearing his gospel in the cities around uh, the Western uh, Europe and, and, and uh, beyond. So today we are talking about the word righteous and righteousness. And that is an, a, a terribly important word in the book of Romans, but it gets used a lot in, uh, in different contexts even today to describe people in, in all kinds of different circumstances, right, Ron? Yeah, people throw it out uh, willy-nilly, I'll use. Usually, er, earlier I said cavalier, but it's kind of mm. willy-nilly. People will throw it out, oh, he's righteous. But I, I think back about the times when people used it like, oh, righteous, dude. Yeah. And you're like, well, yes, God is an awesome dude because they're using it as if God's awesome, uh, mm -hmm. that, that person is awesome. But it's not what it means. And then today we throw it out because I think people use it as a stepping stone as I'm better. I'm righteous, you're not. I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, there is that kind of hierarchy or kind of putting down or, or yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and when they use it out of context like that, you're always like, yeah, yeah. even when they use it, you're like, something's just not right about what you just said. So guess what? I don't think you're righteous. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of somebody shooting from the hip. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> There, there is a way where folks will talk about a righteous person being something that, you know, somebody they like or they agree with or uh, that they share their opinions with. And, and they're kind of on the same team that way. They're in the same clan. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Paul is using it in a, in a little bit more specific way, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's using it to where he's he's letting them know. And he's going to discuss it in uh, here in a few minutes. We're going to discuss what he was doing. But I think Paul really was pushing it out that they understand that this is not a law. This mm -hmm. is a gift. Yeah. And I, 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 even today, I don't think people understand that. No, I think that's a hard thing to understand because, man, I, I think right in the middle of our hearts, we have the sense that we have to be holy. We have to be righteous. We have to be in alignment with God. And the big question is, how do we get, how do we do that? You know, how does that happen? And our first inclination is, well, it's up to me. Yep. That's the stubbornness, stubbornness in us. Sure. Because we are very stubborn to accept gifts a lot of times. A lot of people just are not good at accepting gifts. Oh, got to get bigger, got to get stronger, yeah, got to get doing it. I, yeah. I've got to do it because right. I want it to be done right. Because if somebody else does it, it's obviously not right. Mm -hmm. It's got to be my way or the highway. And I, I, I think that's a big problem. And I think that Paul was very, very challenged in this. And this is why I really like talking about this, because I think Paul knew Mm -hmm. I'm going to be challenged. Yeah, I got, yeah. I've got a fight ahead of me. And it wasn't a physical fight. It was a mental fight. Yeah, people people <laughs> have the our, our first inclination is that we need to do it ourselves. Uh, and and uh, the idea of, of receiving righteousness passively as a gift from God, well, that's the last thing on our minds. Uh, and But that's exactly what the good news describes. It's exactly what the the good news about Jesus gives. 
Well, there's there's three Bible passages that that start to get at uh, the way that Paul uses this word righteous and righteousness as it connects with new believers, as it connects with people that he's drawing into trust in in God in Christ. And uh, one of the kind of ways he has to help them is to see it not just as a standard that God is and applies to them, kind of like measuring them up, you know, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? What's your blood pressure? But to see it as a gift that God gives from him to his, uh, his human creatures, his beloved children, so that they become part of his family and that the work, that the work of all that happens in Jesus. You know, ha- the son coming to us making us sons and daughters of a king. I think this was easier to present to the fifth and sixth graders when I taught this years ago because of that right there. I think it's easier for uh, children of that age to accept gifts, Mm -hmm. to realize gifts, because they're all about gifts at that age. Oh, yeah. Where I think as we get older, if you never had a chance to get this, I think that's a, a challenge, and I think that's what Paul went through, because now he's really addressing older people that have just lived by the law the whole time. Th- that, that, that does remind me, and, and this is something we didn't talk about earlier, but, but it reminds me of what the whole idea of receiving it as a child does, yeah. you know, receiving the kingdom of God in, in, that, in that joyful, receptive uh, awe moment. You realize you've got <laughs> nothing to offer because you've got no resources, yeah. you know. It's not like you can reciprocate. Um, a child just just receives and uh, uh, and receives with a joyful heart is thankful. You know, hopefully, if that's if everything's running right. Yeah, and yeah. I do think that that at teaching it to them going through this process was actually a little easier mm-hmm. uh, because, like you said, uh, one they're sponges, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and right. they do they do take it in. <laughs> And even the ones that act like they're not paying attention uh, yeah. used to crack me up. You just think, okay, this kid is not getting it. <laughs> they're the ones that always answer the question. You're like, okay. okay. <laughs> okay. So, so the first Bible passage that, uh, that uh, Chuck Eishan in the Bible study presents for us is Romans 1, verse 17, right where we have been. Uh, for in it, that is in the gospel, in the good news that, uh, that is the power of God, for it, it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Uh, so it's, it's shown, it's, it's unpacked uh, from faith for faith, from, from those who believe to those who are going to believe and, uh, and can come to believe. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now, the real key there for Paul's appreciation of what his understanding now of righteousness in Christ is all about is it does not say the righteous shall live by the law or the righteous will demonstrate their righteousness by obedience or or by the law, that that's not how it actually works. But that righteousness from God is a a gift received by trusting that Jesus' perfection, his holy life is God's gift to me. And now that covers all my sins. What? It's not about me? Yeah, not about me. Yeah, I'm the object, but I'm not the core. I'm not the center. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the gift receiver, not, uh, not the other way around. 
he's creator, I'm creature, and it's going to stay that way for a good long time. So, so the connection between righteousness and faith. So a relationship of trust with Jesus is, uh, is the key to the righteousness of God for, for us. So the second passage is chapter th three in Romans, chapter three, verse 21. But now, that is in this new day, now that Jesus has come, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So that's our first inclination is that righteousness is all about measuring up to the law and, and being in line with the Ten Commandments. And when, uh, when that's all we know, then we're just in that uh, treadmill, uh, that rat race of trying to measure up, trying to measure up, trying to measure well, up. Well, we become self-centered. Mm -hmm. You do. You, you forget that you know, it's a gift, and so you're trying to do all this stuff. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? What do I got to do? And then eventually, you know what? You're going to run out of things to do. Yeah, I can't do but it this all. Gift can't be keeps, perfect. This gift is forever. <laughs> yeah, see, original sin makes it so I just can't be the perfect one on my own. I can't do it on my own steam, on my own strength. But now what God has done is revealed a righteousness apart from the law. And that uh, having it in Jesus means that it's available to me uh, by faith, trusting in him. He says, because I live, you live also. You know, all those kinds of words from Jesus you know, mm -hmm. are the key. And to it's 24 seven. That's the all great the time. thing. Yeah, all yeah. the time, 24 seven. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's our new identity. We, we don't have to wait for, but yeah. wait, it's, there's more, it's there. <laughs> It suddenly becomes the, the not only the, the new way that God looks at us, but the new way that uh, that we are, and that's that's very very cool. Okay, and then the third passage that our Bible study uh, guide uh, indicates for us to take a look at is Romans ten, uh, particularly verse three, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God, that is, all those who do not believe in Him, being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So because we don't know the gift, because we don't know about Jesus, we automatically assume that it's up to me. It's up to me to present myself as spotless, holy, perfect. And, and I, it leads me either to despair because I know I can't do it, or to arrogance, because I think I already have. Yeah, it's it's like that saying, yeah, just because you, you don't know it exists doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's where that ignorance comes mm -hmm. in. I like to compare it to like traffic violations. Somebody's speeding down the road and their first answer is almost always, well, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to go that fast. Just because right. you didn't know it was supposed to be that fast, it's still that fast. Just because you don't know that this is a gift, it's still a gift. And you're like, still getting it's it. like getting a birthday card and throwing mm -hmm. throwing away the, the the gift inside. Yeah, <laughs> let's you know, throw so the you, money out. <laughs> yeah, because you just don't even don't even recognize it, what it is. Right? Yeah, don't even know what it is. Don't see it for what it is. Yeah, and, and that's why I yeah. think Paul. Uh, yeah, you, you got to give it to him. Mm -hmm. 
because he he knew he predicted these struggles were going to come. So he knew this yeah. was going to come and he knew he was going to be challenged. And this was uh, a great challenge for him yeah. Yeah, to, to, yeah. To, to, to do this, to get this out there and say, you know what? I'm going to talk about a gift. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about a gift. And that's what he kind of did with that with it. And I think that was really good with him. Yeah, he sure knew that there were a whole lot of people that were close to him, that he had known that uh, had missed out on Jesus. And he yearned for them to get to know Jesus. And that's that's part of uh, what he's struggling with is, you know, they didn't they didn't recognize what God was giving to them when he gave them his son. Um, and so instead of clinging to him, instead of trusting in him, they they want to do their own thing and uh, and say, well, no, I can I can present myself to God uh, just as I am, right? Um, so those those aspects of those passages come then into uh, giving us all, uh, some some ways of understanding this idea of righteousness. The so the study will say this: there are four primary ways that righteousness of God is understood as an attribute of God, or so like a characteristic of God, like something that God has and is like, all right. Uh, the other, or the next one, is that it's a status given by God, declared by God. So in his righteousness, he looks at the sinner, and because of Jesus says, I uh, call you innocent, I acquit you. Uh, with my judge's gavel, I announce that you are not guilty, uh, not on your own merits, because on your own merits you are, but because you're in my innocent, perfect son, Jesus Christ, by faith, I apply all of his goodness to you, and all of your uh, sin is taken away. So that's a, that's a declaration by God, the judge, who uh, has the right to make that declaration. Um, the third one is that righteousness of God is like an activity of God, stuff he does. The, uh, the work he does is all in alignment with what is good. And sometimes, uh, in some surprising ways, even shows us what good actually looks like. And in some cases, um, it can be a combination of all three of those things, where uh, the, uh, the attribute of God is working in salvation and, uh, and is working in a just righteous way yeah it's kind of like when you were talking about when people think about it that left to right the horizontally the, yeah. horizontally yeah. left right. to right that's when we're thinking that we need to do all the work where right. when it's the gift is vertical it comes coming down mm -hmm. comes down and out yep so yeah there's a righteousness before people um that uh you know, we do good works, we do uh, good things, but that doesn't uh, help us in in the judgment with respect to God. Um, that uh, that helps give an authentic witness to who God is to other people. It's for the benefit of our neighbor, and and uh, and uh, it's good and right to do good things. None of those things apply though when it comes to the righteousness uh, that we need when we want to stand before the throne of God, because that that's all about uh, our connection with Christ. Yeah, yeah. So these these uh, teachings about the righteousness of God um, were a, a real a real gift to the church to understand because uh, 
uh, up until the time of the Reformation, it was uh, first and foremost considered to just be the uh, an attribute of God that people needed to measure up to. Uh, but Paul has uh, has made it very clear in Romans and Galatians and and throughout the New Testament to say what the uh, you know, what the after effect of the resurrection of Jesus is, uh, what what he's accomplished is that that holiness, the one the holiness we need is is a gift from the Father through the Son, by the Spirit and in the Spirit. So we uh, we cling to that word and that promise, and that's uh, that's the promise that saves. Well, it's been a fantastic conversation, and uh, as we explore the righteousness of of God in Christ as a gift. That's going to be a main theme throughout the book of Romans, because as we unpack what it is uh, to be unrighteous and to be righteous, we'll know uh, over and over again that this is something that uh, is set aside for us by, by God the Father in Jesus Christ. And uh, that's the whole core and center of the Christian faith. Thanks for coming along with us for today's conversation. We'll see you again next time. I've been a